1: Oh my God, oh my God, oh
0: my God. There's nothing surprising about snow in Wisconsin. We heard loud boom, boom. Until it's all piled up in a precarious place. Just complete failure. Third floor is in the first floor right now. It was several tons of snow likely in one spot. When a parking garage partially collapsed at a suburban shopping center. The
2: 911 operator like was like, open your windows and listen. listen to to hear opinion. if people are like screaming yeah. for help.
0: It left some cars smashed, others stranded. They literally have to reconstruct that ramp to get cars out of there. Could be a month, could be two months. How are you getting to work? How are you getting your kids to school? This week on Open Record, a structural failure that could have been so much worse.
2: Like, we could have been in there.
0: I was really shaken yesterday. We dodged a bullet, and I'm really glad that we did. From the Fox 6 studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and I'm here with Fox 6 investigator Amanda St. Hilaire. Hi, Amanda.
1: Hey, Brian. Glad to be back.
0: Good to have you back on the podcast. We're also joined today by Fox 6's Amelia Jones. Hey, Amelia.
2: Hey, Brian. Hi, Amanda. I'm happy to have my debut on the podcast. This is your debut.
0: That's right. We are recording Amelia's Maiden Voyage on Wednesday, March 1st for release on Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. It's been one week since a pretty wild winter storm dumped a heavy mixture of snow, sleet, freezing rain, and ice on the Milwaukee area. And while other parts of the Midwest, I'm thinking specifically Minnesota, got a lot higher snow totals, here it was really the heavy wet mix that seems to have led to an unusual structural failure at a suburban Milwaukee parking garage. Amelia, you've been covering the story for the past week since this happened. Set the scene for us a little bit. What happened? Where did this happen? What was going on?
2: Well, Brian, on Thursday, just after noon, there was multiple 911 calls that a part of a parking garage in a popular shopping center, Bayshore, which is in Glendale, Wisconsin, about, I'd say, five, 10 minutes from downtown Milwaukee, a part of that parking garage collapsed and... It smashed two cars that were underneath it. And at first, when you listen to the 911 calls, people didn't know if anyone was injured, didn't know if anyone was in the cars. And then as first responders came, there wasn't as much of a chaotic scene, but they taped off the entire parking garage and worked to figure out exactly if there was anyone under the debris. And this debris was mixed with snow and concrete. So we do know we got that heavy mix of fleet, which is ice mixed with snow. And there is three levels to this parking garage. So one of it is open to the sky. So if snow removal crews were removing all of it to make sure that there were enough parking spots, then that potentially the snow was what um, was then involved in the debris. And through the time when we've been working on this for a week, we know that the fire chief said there's around 56 cars that are stuck in the parking structure. And because the was the third floor ramp, so you can go up ramps to get to the third floor, was the third floor of this ramp that collapsed. And so it collapsed onto the second floor and then collapsed onto the first floor. So there's damage to the first ramp that can take you to the second floor. Well, there's around 56 cars that are not smashed and trapped in this parking structure but because there is damage to that first ramp they can't get the cars out so they just tried to repair it so they can get cars out but I mean this is a a huge inconvenience and there are are people car owners that I've spoke to that are frustrated because they're going four or five days without their car now And throughout the process, now police and fire have left because they did confirm that no one was in the cars, there was no loss of life, which the Glendale mayor says we really dodged a bullet. He said it on Thursday, he said it to me again yesterday, that to have something of this magnitude, concrete, snow, all of it, just you can imagine the force when we see the video of the snow and concrete just smashing down I mean, if anyone was under there, it would have been horrific. And so he really said, We did dodge a bullet. So now it's that process of the investigation, which fire and police are no longer involved in it because it didn't result in a loss of life. And then also getting the cars that are stuck in there. But this is a really popular shopping center. And it was noon on a Thursday after a big snowstorm. So the people I spoke to, one of the women, her, cars, her car was smashed and she was working across the street. So some people park there as they work in this shopping center. There's um, a school, um, I believe it's uh, Bratton and Stratton who is there. And so students were there parking. And, you know, it, it could have been a lot worse than it was, but it's been an inconvenience for a, a lot of people that I have spoke to. So now it's, all the debris out, but now we still have to get the
1: cars and then actually figure out what was the cause of this collapse. And the thing that makes this story so powerful, even knowing no one was killed, no one was hurt, you've said it over and over again, you said it yourself, that's the sigh of relief. But there is an oh my gosh factor to this story that we even heard in our own newsroom because you can't help but put yourself in the position of I could have been there my kids go to swim school right there I was just there to go shopping and that's what makes this story so scary the idea that something like this could happen while you're going about your daily routine so my question is How common is this kind of thing and are there safeguards that exist to make sure that these parking garages are structurally safe, that the companies that are responsible for maintaining them are doing what they're supposed to do to the best of their abilities to make sure that we don't just have this happening because of that oh my gosh factor? I think the next natural question is So how do we make sure this doesn't happen again? Absolutely.
2: I know through talking with the mayor of Glendale and the parking garages, the city only inspects them after they have to get a permit. So they have to get a permit to build. And after they get the permit, then the city inspector comes and inspect it once it's complete. After that, the city steps away and it's up to the owner of that property to inspect it. And so... The owner of Bayshore right now is Cypress Equities, which is a Dallas-based company, and I've reached out to them multiple times, and I haven't heard anything back, but according to the mayor, there is someone from Cypress in Milwaukee right now. They flew up right after the collapse happened on Thursday, and they've apparently been talking with the mayor and Bayshore management, and the mayor said that according to the Bayshore management, they do inspect parking garages on an annual basis. Now, I haven't been able uh, to see any of those records, and I asked the mayor if he had access to them, and he said, no, he doesn't deal with permits. So it potentially could be, you know, can we see the permits? And then finally getting a chance to talk to Cypress Equities about, you know, was the parking garage you know, was it inspected in the last year?
0: And what do those inspections say? Yeah, I mean, you know, was there any indication of weaknesses or cracking or, or deterioration or something like that?
2: Exactly. And the mayor did say that the city inspector, he was actually going to take a look at the apartment. So to set the scene for people who are not familiar with Bayshore, it is really growing. So now there are apartment complexes. There's a brand new Target. There's just an expansion of what was, when I was in school in 2014 at Marquette, it kind of just like this small few blocks um, outdoor shopping area. So it really has grown. I think that just shows that the city and Glendale is growing in general, which is good. But so the city inspector was checking out those new apartment buildings that were going up and are being built. And so the city inspector came over and the mayor said to check out the parking structure and So the mayor said that what the city inspector is looking at is the footing, the columns, the headers, and the mayor said that the city inspector did not see any cracks in those columns, and so he told the mayor that the structure beyond where the collapse happened appeared to be secure. There were no obvious signs of damage in any other way besides exactly where the collapse happened, which is on a ramp and we were able to see through drone footage so yeah you can see where like the second level meets the third and there seemed to be sort of like an overhang so where that collapse happened was that overhang that just went completely to the first floor
0: you know what strikes me about what you just said though with the inspections that there's an inspection initially when it's built when it's first opened for public use And then the city sort of washes its hands of it like we don't have any responsibility anymore. This is private property. It's on you, Bayshore. It's on you, Cypress. And and it strikes me that, you know, just as a, a user of parking ramps all over the state of Wisconsin, I guess maybe I sort of had an assumption that there would be some sort of an inspection requirement, periodic inspection, because... If, if you drive over a bridge, that bridge has been inspected. You sure hope so anyway, there are requirements that bridges and roads be inspected for, for their structural soundness. Parking garages at a shopping center like Bayshore, these are used by the public. Now I know some of those people live there, some of those people work there, but these are garages that are used by the public coming and going. To find out that no one's routinely checking if they are structurally sound is alarming to begin with. But I also look at this and think, yes, this was a heavy, wet snow. Wisconsin gets snow and sometimes we get really heavy snow. I think there's sort of an assumption that, well, these places must be able to withstand a heavy snow because after all, um, we know that's coming. It's predict it's predictable. So what did you get the sense from city officials there that they think there might be a concern here that there should be uh, a more frequent inspections or, or checking? Or were they did they sort of say, look, this is on Bayshore. This is not our problem.
2: And from talking with the mayor and hearing initially his thoughts last week, I think he, of course, was concerned with, is there a loss of life? Do we need to rescue someone who's down there? And this type of incident, something to this magnitude, the mayor told me yesterday has never happened in Glendale. So this is the first time they're kind of in dealing with something like this to this size and the mayor seemed yes that it really is now on cyprus and bayshore there wasn't any sense of urgency that the city needs to now potentially go back to common council or city work with city officials the mayor and others to now inspect parking garages more often it really was the mayor was pointing me to, well, you need to talk to Bayshore about that. And I've talked to Bayshore. Bayshore said they inspected it every single year. And it's owned by Cypress now, which is a Dallas-based company. As
0: you pointed out, though, Bayshore's inspections are not public records. We can't request Bayshore just show us their inspection reports. So there's not a public record of the structural soundness. And I don't mean to just pick on Glendale because there are parking garages all over the state of Wisconsin. It raises that question now. What about all of these other places that you might park at the airport or at another shopping center or somewhere else? Is anyone making sure those things are structurally safe and can handle a Wisconsin winter, especially those that have rooftops, uh, parking surfaces that, that that obviously could be piled up with snow?
2: Six, because we did address Wisconsin gets snow. We're used to it. Um, and so in speaking with our chief meteorologist, Rob Haswell, you know, When you get sleet and you get the ice mixed in with snow, that can just, it's the water content within those flakes and the ice that weighs so much. And so with like the fluffy powdery snow that people might think, oh, all snow is like that. It's all fluffy. But no, we get, you know, different types of precipitation. And what we were getting last week was this sleet and this wet and really dense, heavy snow that even if you had to shovel and... I believe you two own homes, so you might have had to experience that. I did not, but just seeing videos of it, I mean, it was really heavy. Like, it was really heavy. It was hard to move. And so, as I was talking to Rob, you put all of that in a very, just a dense and not kind of a widespread area. You're really contracting the area. You're putting it in and piling it up in. So, parking garages, obviously, they have cars, and cars are going to weigh between like 2,000, 3,000 pounds. And but then you have the snow that could potentially weigh so much more than that. And as I was talking to Rob, you know, you can do the mathematics and you can figure out with if you know the dimensions. But as Rob was telling me, that snow, he was guessing, weighs more than cars that would have been up there. So if there were like six cars in that spot, the snow would have weighed. He said between like 70, 80 tons, which potentially the parking garage is not equipped to hold. If it's just for cars and how much they weigh, the cars do not weigh mathematically as much as that snow would have weighed.
1: Well, and I want to pick apart one of the things you mentioned um, because you examined that in a story that you did yesterday. And that's uh, what you were saying about the snow being in a more concentrated area. So you spoke with the company that used to do snow removal at Bayshore. They haven't exactly been shy about speaking up. And their take on this is this collapse didn't have to happen. Um, and they specifically spoke about the the methodology where the snow was piled up. So what was the, the gist of what this company is saying um, and and we should point out that this is a company that uh, may have an axe to grind in this case.
2: Yeah, MCR Group, when I talked to the president, they removed snow from Bayshore for 10 years. And that includes that parking garage. So they were telling me that whenever there was a heavy snow event, that they would plow it to the edge of the parking garage and then they would have to haul it out. So they would have to, the president told me, set up four cones and make sure they could dump it over the side safely. And even dumping it over the side, there's a concern and a safety concern. But the president told me it can't just stay there. It's too heavy. And in terms of the spot, he told me that the strongest points of the parking structure are where the columns are. So that way you have just something secure underneath and the spot where the snow was piled based off of our drone video and where the collapse happened there was no structural column to hold it up it was on what he called a um, sheer wall and again I'm not a contractor or engineer but it would just be from what I understand just like layers of concrete without anything underneath it so as he was saying, when they were removing snow, they would always try to put it to the corners or the exterior uh, walls, which are going to be the strongest points of the structure because they have columns underneath. He said that, you know, like you mentioned, the company has an extra grind because they lost their bid um, in 2021 to another company to continue removing snow. But he said they sometimes had ten times as much snow as what happened the other day, and he said it was avoidable.
0: Well, to, to take it be, to take it beyond, yeah, that, that one company, though, granted they've got an extra grain, there are other sources out there saying this is not the way to pile up snow, right?
2: Right, yeah. And we found a couple articles written by structural engineers, as well as contractors going over Snow Removal 101 with parking structures, parking garages, and Number one and number two on those lists was do not pile snow at top levels or upper decks of parking garages and structures like that. It's just not the most sound place.
0: I, I guess, you know, I, I think about this. There's there's two sides to this, which is obviously the sort of did the snow removal company sort of pile this snow in a way that was riskier because of where they were. There's still a part of me that says, though. I kind of want to know the parking garages can handle a Wisconsin snow and even the possibility of piles of snow, which are reasonable to expect. Not every snow removal company is going to be staffed by uh, structural engineers. Um, There are certainly best practices, it sounds like, that should be taught and and, and that contractors should know when they're dealing with this type of situation. Still leaves me with that question of, you know, do we know this is this can handle these kinds of extreme conditions? It's Wisconsin. We're not in Texas. We're going to get heavy, wet snow. But I want to take it beyond that for a moment because this is obviously there's questions out into the future we can ask. Thankfully, we're not asking about how did someone die? No one died here. Very fortunate because this is a place a lot of people come and go. Anyone could have been going to their car at the moment this happened or arriving in their car when this happened. So we have the luxury of looking back at this and saying, what can we do to make sure this doesn't happen again and no one does get hurt? But in the meantime, there's a bunch of people who can't get their cars because it was the ramp that collapsed. So their cars are stranded. Obviously, that's very frustrating. And this seems like a really unusual thing. How do you rescue cars from the second or third floor of a parking garage that doesn't have any ramps anymore?
2: Great question. And from when I was there, Bay Short, and they do have this plan. They want to get the second level cars out. They're not going to be able to reach the third level cars, which from our drone video there's very few cars out there anyways it was snowing and there were flurries and it had just snowed so not sure you really want to park on the third floor open to the elements but there are a few up there so those cars that's a bigger question the second level cars though because there was the ramp to the from the first to the second level it just had a little bit of damage so be sure and the engineers made this temporary ramp so they brought in gravel to what they plan to do according to when I was talking to the mayor and from a statement we received from Bayshore they are going to contact car owners and again only on if you parked on that second level and the car owners are going to turn over their keys to a Bayshore employee and the Bayshore employee is going to drive it out now when I asked who the engineering firm was I didn't get an answer to that so I don't know who the engineering firm is We know that Grafe is the engineering consultant for Bayshore. um, And they did release a statement after this happened saying that, you know, they understand what's happening. They're working with their client. um, So it could be Grafe engineers helping with this. Um, Again, I don't have any confirmation on that. But then begs the question of, you know, are Bayshore employees, you know, is this safe for them? Like, do they have enough training to do this but um again be sure said yes and that's kind of their process that they're going to get those vehicles out of the second level they said they wanted to do this by the end of this week but I talked to a couple car owners whose cars are stuck on that second level and they have heard nothing they got an email on Monday saying hey this is how we're going to do it probably a similar email to what we got in our inbox then I spoke to a woman yesterday who said Well, I talked to Bayshore and they said they were going to email me something today and we were all going to have timeframes to sign up for. And she texted me last night saying I still haven't gotten anything. So the frustration, and I can hear it in their voice when I'm talking to them, it is just growing. And then comes the standpoint of if you have a car on that third level. Yeah. How do you rescue cars? And if I was a car owner, I would be concerned if you're going to put a crane on my car, how do I know my car is not gonna get damaged and then is that on me is that on Bayshore that's a question too and I asked Bayshore you know how does insurance work with this this is not your typical run-of-the-mill I rear-ended you let's exchange insurance policies this is a structure fell on someone's car I spoke to a woman whose car literally is is totaled it's gone it was smashed and she has no idea what to do she's been trying to contact Bayshore They haven't been responsive and, well, does my insurance company contact you? And then our our colleague, Ashley Sears, spoke to another couple of people who said that it's their jobs, it's their employers who have been giving them rental cars to get to work. I mean, for some people, and as we've been talking about this as a newsroom, some people only have one car. So that car stuck in that parking garage could be their only means of transportation. So- this is you know a sense of urgency for these people to get their cars back and for some they might not even have insurance so there's another question too of am i paying out of pocket for this so i think as time moves forward they're gonna have to figure out the nitty-gritty of all of this and make sure that the people who were impacted by this are getting their compensation (laughs)
0: and that's a good time for us to go off the record this is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared sarah is uh unable to join us today so once again she has supplied me with that question and this time i admit i got a sneak peek at it but um you two have not so uh shame shame i i i i took a little bit of time to look this one up but I would have had an easy answer for this anyway. The question is
1: That means you have to go first.
0: I will. And, and and but it wasn't didn't take me long to think of this. What is one English word you never spell right on the first try? And I will tell you that working in news, obviously we we do a lot of stuff with law enforcement. The word that for so many years vexed me and I finally I mean I have it now. I've done it enough I have it. Sergeant
2: that's a good one.
0: Sergeant was a killer for me cuz I could never figure out where's the E A is, is it S E A R is it Now I now I literally have to say in my head sergeant so I know it's S E R S E R G E A N T. Sergeant was a killer for me. Um but the most commonly misspelled word that I see that drives me absolutely nuts. This one isn't tough for me. I just hate seeing it. I just don't understand why it's so common to spell lose with two O's. Lose has one O. Lose has two O's. Is that
2: the hill? Is that the hill you're going to die on, Brian? That's lose. Has one O.
0: Lose has one O, and I L O O S E my mind. No, I, I lose my mind when I see L O O S E for lose. That, but that's that's other people. For me, it was Sergeant. Do, do either of you have one uh, that you commonly misspell, or you struggle, you have to think about twice?
2: So many. This past week, covering this story, it's been structure. I don't know why I can't spell it right. I get confused on like where the C and the R are supposed to go before the T at the end. Um, I've noticed in logging my interviews, I always spell it wrong, but probably negotiation. I don't know why. I always forget that there's an A in there. Negotiation is a hard one. And then sometimes for me, just I have a hard time pronouncing things, I think. Uh, Obviously my parents are from the South. So growing up with like hearing their accents all the time, I, and sometimes just, especially now being a reporter in Wisconsin, I think things are just the way they're supposed to sound um, because that's how I learned how to talk. And so I'll say something just the way it looks, but oh my gosh, obviously that's not right. And there's a specific phonetic way (laughs) to say it, Um, but spelling wise, Oh, gosh. Yeah, negotiation. sergeant's a good one, too, though. And then lately, the past two weeks, it's been structure.
0: Amanda?
1: Well, if you just say parking garage, you don't have to worry about <laughs> saying parking structure, <laughs> Amelia. <laughs> what?
2: Zing!
0: That's a there script approver is. right there. Um, yeah,
1: that is. exactly. I'm sure there are some, but I feel like just looking them up before I put it in the script is so part of my process that I don't even realize I'm doing it. Uh, And I'm also the resident script approver, so I'm the one who's going through and uh, picking apart other people's spellings without having to reveal... uh... She's
0: not going to give us an admission. No,
1: I mean, gubernatorial is one of them I have to look up every once in a while, but I also hate using that word.
2: Here's the thing. I was just going to say, do you ever...
1: Does
0: anyone use that word outside of news coverage of elections? Does anyone say gubernatorial other than that? No.
1: And that's the most of the time it's not always but nine times out of ten if it's a word I'm having trouble spelling on the first try it usually means a different word is going to be better and more conversational. Some of them like sergeant you can't get around. That's someone's title. We have to use it. But usually there's going to be a better word if it's one that I have trouble spelling. Right? You're You write like a fifth grader, deliver it like a professor. That's the uh, that's that's the rule of broadcast television.
2: I've never heard that. And I'm going to write that down.
1: I saw a a talent coach uh, post that on social media and it always stuck with me. Write like a fifth grader, deliver like a college professor.
0: I hate it when Sarah sends me a question because I know that she's not here because I know she had something in mind and I want to know what it was. I want to know what word it is for Sarah. Maybe we'll find that out another time. But you know she had to have something in mind.
1: I mean, in order, there are some words that I can spell right on the first try, but it's because I have to do things in my mind while I'm doing it. So like Wednesday, I have to say Wednesday 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 in my head in order to spell it. I can get it on the first try because of that. um, But if I did not do that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do it.
0: Incidentally, I don't know anyone who says February, even though we know it's spelled that right. way.
1: That was just going to be the one
2: I brought up, Brian, is whenever February comes around, I'm like, oh, well, here I go. I spell it wrong every time.
0: I-, I would have more fun with this question if it was, what are the most commonly misspelled words that drive you crazy? And, and I-, I mentioned lose already. We'd be but
1: here all day. The
0: other one is definitely which is often spelled as defiantly and sometimes I think it's hilarious (laughs) the difference because it's ironic when it's used that way
1: While we're on pet peeves this has nothing to do with the question but I'm just (laughs) going to talk about it anyway. Mixing up eager and anxious I can't stand it. Eager is you are excited. Anxious is when you are nervous and so when someone says "I'm," or like fearful usually anxious is like fearful so it's like I'm so anxious to see you. It's like, you just insulted me and you have no idea. Uh, so that's that's one of them that drives me nuts. What
0: you're saying is if I am anxious to go on vacation right now, that's a problem, not a good thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, That's a you problem if you're anxious to go on vacation I right now.
0: I am eager to go on vacation. Yes. I am not yes. anxious about it at all. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Maybe anxious about the process of getting, like, making sure your bags are checked, whatever. I have a three
1: year old and a one year old. I am legitimately anxious to go on vacation. Uh, But (laughs) that is different than how a lot of people use it.
0: Anyway, I am am anxious to go on vacation. Anxious about packing for vacation. I'm eager to go. But I was also eager to have you, Amelia, join us for the first time at Open Record. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you, guys. I was not anxious at all.
0: If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss on Open Record or an issue you think we should investigate for Fox 6 News, send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, including our exceptional editor, Dave Machuda, and of course, our executive producer, Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back again next week.